0: Everybody, welcome to the Vox Podcast. Mike Erie, Timothy Stafford, and our Palestinian friend Jesus of Nazareth I want to welcome you to uh, our little uh, recording, our little show, if you will. Thank you for giving us some time um, today, whatever it is that you're in the midst of. If you're trying to sleep, uh, you picked a great episode because I think we will <laughs> lull you very quickly into a deep slumber. Away. Um, we, uh, (laughs) we got to jump right in because we've got, I mean, Jesus just, he just doesn't let up. He just doesn't let up at all. So today we're, we're going to his most, one of his most famous sayings. Uh, it's a saying that's been very uh, shockingly misunderstood and, um, has led us down all sorts of false rabbit trails, but it is, is particularly relevant. We're recording this. Uh, the week of the announcement of Brianna Taylor and um, and the lack of indictments about you know that and another just instance of a world splitting, our culture dividing. Um, it is it is it, it is so tumultuous. I've never in my thirty something years um, of life plus a few, I've never seen anything like it and. You pile COVID and economics and, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it, I don't know. It just feels like a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, and, um, and so we've been trying to center ourselves on the politics of this social entity called the kingdom of God. And those politics um, are exemplified in the way of Jesus, how he conducted himself, what he did, how he did it. Um, Paul just invites us to imitate Jesus in these ways as part of uh, the local expressions of this polis called churches. But it's just, these are social gatherings ordered by the teachings and example of Jesus of Nazareth. That's what we're doing. So, uh, we've got a lot to practice today, as we'll see. Our friend Sarah um, is going to read this text for us. And so, Uh, We'll take, we'll, well, she'll take it away. (laughs) Sarah, take it away.
1: You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over to them your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you.
0: Ah, the voice of an angel. Um, It's a whole choir at this point. So many angels. (laughs) So many angels. Yeah, this one and next, the next one are Jesus' least practiced <laughs> teachings. <laughs> That's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The bar, the bar isn't high on that one. Um, so, so before we get into eyes and cheeks and cloaks, um, I, I want to start in the book of Judges for just a little background as judges one does. as one does judges not a fun read <laughs> um unless unless you're you really are interested in seeing people self-destruct over and over and over again which you know uh for some of us we live that story but um <laughs> the the israelites are now in the land and over and over and over again they're disobedient and god raises up a deliverer called a judge anyway I want to tell uh, a bit of the story of Samson. This is from Judges fifteen, and um, I find this one of the more gruesome, and uh, which is saying something stories uh, in the Old Testament. Um, in Judges fifteen, so so Samson is married. He goes to visit his wife. He took a young goat to show how serious he was about that. I did that once. And. Um, he, when he arrived at uh, his wife's father's camp compound, he says, I'm going to go to my wife's room, but her father would not let Samson go in. Um, the father says to Samson, I was so sure you hated her that I gave her to your companion. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her instead. All right. Now Samson married outside of the Israelite tribe. So he's married to a Philistine woman. He goes to visit her. The father has given her to somebody else and instead offers the younger sister. I hate it when that happens. uh, Right? It's it's an all-too-common scenario. What? He even brought a goat. (laughs) He, He brought a goat. He did. Come on, Dad. Now, Samson said to them, this time i have a right to get even with the philistines i will really harm them (laughs) so evidently there's some history here this time he says i have a right to get even so he went out caught 300 foxes tied them tail to tail in pairs and fastened a torch to every pair and burned the philistine crops (laughs) all
1: right so we've gone
0: yep yes 300 foxes Uh, When the Philistines asked who did this, the answer, they were told it was Samson. So the Philistines went up and burned his wife and her father to death. All right. It's like a dark turn. Samson, yep. Samson said to them, since you've acted like this, I swear that I won't stop until I get my revenge on you. He attacked them viciously and slaughtered many of them philistines went up uh, to judah um samson was in a cave they go to judah judah's like dude why are you picking on us they're like we just want samson so samson makes a deal with uh the judahites and says listen as long as you don't kill me go ahead and tie me bind me with a rope and hand me over to the philistines um, and, and it's so good. So three thousand men from Judah went down to this cave and they say, Don't you realize the Philistines are rulers over us? What have you done? And he answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. And then he makes this deal uh that they they'll just time up. And then it the the story ends. Um they bound him with new ropes, led him over to the rock as he approached the Philistines. Uh, the spirit came upon him ropes, the ropes in his arms became like charred flax. Uh, the bindings dropped on his hands, finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey. He grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. And there goes another warm, happy Bible story. (laughs) So the, the, the thing I've always found interesting in this, it starts, it starts with a pretty grave insult, Right. Uh, The insult to Samson about giving his wife, and and what we know of Samson, the the dad probably had good reason to do this. Uh, Samson was not a very classy fellow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so Samson said, well, this time I have a right to get even. So he burns their whole crops. He destroys their economy. Um, They, the Philistines, hear about this. And so they burn the woman and her father to death. At which point Samson says, well, since you've acted in this way, I can now get my revenge on you. And he begins slaughtering them. The other Israelites are like, dude, what are you doing? Well, I'm just doing what they did to me. And then the story ends with Samson killing a thousand of the Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. So we go from insult to murder to wholesale slaughter, right? In just the space of a few verses. And this... This is a beautiful illustration of how vengeance worked in, uh, in, in those days and still even today right? Revenge is one of those things that it's never, it's never satisfied. Um, every time someone does evil to another, the evil is repaid and escalated. So you get into this vicious sort of cycle that can start with an insult and it just keeps going. We see this all over the internet, right? Somebody does not wearing a mask and it escalates. Somebody uh, is confronted in a store and it escalates. We're just seeing this all the time. And so in the Old Testament, because this was the way vengeance worked, vengeance could go from insult to whole family slaughtering each other. There were laws that were given to restrict revenge. And so um, they're they're what Jesus refers to in, in Matthew. But in the Old Testament, they were just laws like this. They were like, anyone who injures, this is from Leviticus, anyone who injures their neighbor, is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Hmm. Or in Exodus, but if there is are a serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Or in Deuteronomy, show no pity, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Now, it sounds utterly bar- bar- barbaric to us, but I'm I'm actually telling you that this was a great advance forward, <laughs> because what it what it did, uh, what these laws did is. Um, First they were designed this was not language that literally if someone poked your eye out you would go poke their eye out This was this was advice that was used by judges in determining punishments So the idea was you would forsake personal vengeance You would take the person to the court and in in ancient uh, Near East It was usually a group of elders that were by the village gates and the elders um, uh, Instead of taking personal vengeance you were to trust the judgment of the judges and the, the instructions given to the judge were that if the, the, the revenge can only be, or the punishment can only be what was originally taken or what was originally the harm that was done. It can't escalate. It can't move further. Right. And, and in fact, by Jesus's day, there were monetary fines that you would pay so that literally it wouldn't be, you know, so if you accidentally killed someone's worker, right and it was not malicious you would owe them for their worker yeah right that was so so this wasn't these were not laws that required you to well you took my eye so i'm going to get your eye it was it, it was intended to do several things one it was to make this dispute moving away from the arena of personal vengeance into the system of justice however you know low key that may have been Secondly, it was what the the measures that judges were to use. What's the extent of the punishment? Well, what was the extent of the injury? And that was the measure you were to use. You were not to escalate it. And then then the third thing it did is, in contrast to some of the other ancient codes, this rule was given regardless of the statuses of the people involved. So... um, it, it you know, if you took the eye of a slave, it still mattered, even though it was a slave and you were not hmm. um, like this and and everyone, every single commentator and person has to say the name of this law or the set of laws was Lex Talionis. Um, and it was just eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And it was the idea. And in and, and God's economy, it was limiting revenge, taking out personal vengeance and its escalation and, and putting it into a very you know like embryonic legal system but it was governed that okay to the exact injury that's what the punishment would be yeah by jesus's day like i said this involved mostly fines um, so there weren't a bunch of people running around without eyes and without teeth or with jaw bones it, or jaw bones yes holy moly now this developed um the ancient world was governed by a law of reciprocity. And um and this is going to take just a second. The the Lex Talionis was is an example of the law of reciprocity. The law of reciprocity says you treat people the way people treat you. If they're good to you, you're good to them. If they harm you, you harm them. Um that, that, is, that was the basis of the way ancient justice was done, but also in honor and shame societies. This was the foundation of all social relationships. I mean, so much of Jesus's teaching assumes this cultural code, right. that you love those who love you, you hate those who hate you, you give to those who can repay you, you honor those who can honor you right? And all of this was based on honor and shame. Honor and shame are public perceptions of you relative to the rest of the community. All right? So what we're going to get into, and, and, and to some degree, to a smaller degree, we understand the law of reciprocity, right? In business, when a salesperson wines you and dines you, what are they hoping to get from you? Some money, money, money yeah they're they're hoping that 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 opens you to to be amenable to a sale right they're 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 um creating a kind of social debt that you feel obligated to repay and that works it really to, well you know, on some people and others of us yeah, absolutely. Say, listen
1: mr car salesman if you get up one more time i'm walking out of
0: here <laughs> totally oh my goodness and it does not work well on others um but like if you, if you get invited to, uh, I mean, this is a dumb example for parents, but uh, if you get invited to like a classmate's birthday party, right? You're bringing a present and who are you going to invite when it's your kid's birthday? Well, right. even if you weren't going to invite that kid originally, guess what? They're invited now, Yeah, right? Christmas cards. <laughs> if somebody from your job gets you a Christmas present that you didn't have a present for, Right, there's a bit of a like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm indebted to them yeah. in some way. They, I owe them one. We have language for this. I owe them, right? It, it's we put each other in social obligation, right? When I do a favor for you, the idea is that you would, when I come to you for a favor, you would repay that favor, right? right. So, so the law of reciprocity. Is a dumb way to even describe it, but it's it's kind of the, but it was, I need to describe it because it's the under, it's going to be undercut by Jesus of Nazareth, all right? That's what he's about to do is to undercut the idea that you harm those who harm you and you do good to only those who do good to you. The law of reciprocity is two, has two sides to it, a negative side and a positive side. The negative side is Harm those who harm you. You have a right to get even. We're going to deal with that one first, right? Retaliation is the idea. And then the second one is you do good only to those who either can repay or do good to you. Right. And Jesus is going to dismantle both of those. And you have to understand this, like there's no more foundational way of relating in the ancient Near East and honor shame cultures than this one. Right? This, this is this social lubrication of the whole thing, of family relationships, of kinship, of employment. I mean, this was the way it worked. And so for Jesus, in his light and heavy, in the midst of his um, undercutting the righteousness of the Pharisees and embodying this new righteousness that is internal um, and far more expansive, than what the pharisees were were promoting i mean like he's going to dismantle the web of reciprocity and it makes perfect sense that he would do it here yeah. right because he's dealing with anger and he's dealing with lust and oaths. it's all it's all of the ways that we manipulate and hurt and harm and hide from each other that's what he's going after so jesus says <laughs> you heard it said eye for eye tooth for tooth now that's summar, that's summarizing th- at least three old testament passages all right now what jesus is doing he's not going to contradict it he's not going to say nope that was wrong what he's going to say is you don't have to do that anymore yeah in the old testament this was a leap forward but it was not the righteousness of god the righteousness of god Right, is displayed in Jesus. The full flowering righteousness of God is forgiveness and reconciliation, nonviolence. All right, the Old Testament was not the full uh, justice of God. And so, yes, this was permitted just like divorce was as a concession to the hardness of hearts. And it was a step forward in human society that revenge would be limited, right, to just the harm that was done to you. Yeah. Um, and again, you, the Samson story was just to provide an illustration of what happens when it's not limited that way. So Jesus says, you've heard it said, I fry tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Oh, now here we go, baby. (laughs) Here we go. All right. Let's just talk about, do not resist an evil person. The word resist is super interesting. The word "resist" does not mean be passive. The word "resist" uh, do not resist an evil person. Uh, the word the word means do not compete with an evil person in their wrongdoing. Interesting. In other words, you are forbidden. What he's forbidding is even the um, the uh, attendant. Responsive of retaliation, yeah. right? So, I'm harmed. What's the law of reciprocity say? Harm back. I harm back. Yeah. What Jesus is saying is, nope, nope, you don't have to live by that law of reciprocity anymore, okay? Even though the old righteousness said that you could exact the, you know, punishment, the new righteousness is that you don't even take that step. Now, this let me go through all of this because it's so confusing, but thankfully Jesus gives four examples of what resist an evil, what, what do not resist an evil person looks like. Yeah. Is this making sense? Yes. Okay. Four examples of what it looks like to not resist an evil person, <laughs> right? So he's, he's talking about resisting violently. He's not talking about being passive. All right. So let's take the first example. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. So this is the most famous turn the other cheek saying of Jesus. And it's totally misunderstood because it sounds like what Jesus is saying is, oh, okay, we'll just pretend like it didn't happen or okay, um, um, you're right. I'm a maggot in God's eyes. And so I should take it just because Jesus took it or something. That's not what he's saying at all. All right. We're, we're called to not resist in terms of returning harm for harm and slap for slap. I Love this. Now, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that has to be said right now is that we are dealing in the area of personal insults. Okay, the fact that he uses the word slap is is the key indicator. All right, he's not talking about um, military violence. He's not talking about just war theory. He's not talking about self defense in your home. Yeah, he, this when you were slapped by, and I, and I and this is so important that he says your right cheek. If you were slapped on your right cheek, that was an insult. In fact, it was so grievous an insult that um, the fine later in the Mishnah, the fine for being slapped with an open hand, okay, on your left cheek, there was a fine for that because it was an insult. But this was the, the, the fine for being slapped on your right cheek by the back of someone's right hand was four times the fine. It was that much more degrading. So what I want you to do is wherever you are, look in the mirror and pretend there's someone like like you're the you're the person doing the slapping and your reflection is the person being slapped right the only way that you can slap your right cheek is by doing it with the back of your right hand yeah now the right lefties your left hand <laughs> was your <laughs> hygienic hand it was used for toilet purposes all right that was not your slap hand your slap hand <laughs> was your right hand. So you got your crap hand and your slap hand. Exactly. <laughs> and um, and so what you would do is, is and and this was very, very common for superiors to do this to inferiors. It was totally, totally degrading. You would slap somebody with the back of your right hand um, um, to an inferior, so a master to a servant, let's say. And, um, and that was communicating the most, the most uh, humiliating insult possible, right? There was, there was no other, there was no bigger way to be insulted than this way. Yeah. All right. That you really need to understand. We're not talking about war. We're not talking about police. We're talking about insult, right? All four examples are are about insults to one's honor, right? This is not about pacifism. This is about... Retaliating, not in violence, but through creative love. All right. That's what we're talking about. So, Jesus is going to blow up the law of reciprocity that would say, well, because it's your social superior, you just have to take it, or that would say, slap them back. Right. What he says instead is um, turn to them the other cheek also. Now, again, this is so tough to describe on a freaking podcast. (laughs) But the idea is you you would only backhand an inferior with the back of your right hand. The way that you would have, the, the way that you would slap an equal, an equal in status, is with the open palm of your right hand on their other cheek. Right. Right? It's tough to describe. A backhanded slap on your right cheek, insult done to an inferior. When that inferior turns their other cheek to you, the only way to hit them again is with the open palm of your right hand, which is how you would slap an equal. Yep. I love it. So what Jesus, you got to understand this gang. What Jesus is doing is he, he's, he's saying, what does it mean to not resist an evil person? Well, it doesn't mean be passive, and it doesn't mean hit them back. Rather, because this, again, all of these examples presume an audience, because these are public shame and honor examples. Mm. When you're insulted that way, offer your other cheek so that, in, that the person who insulted you now has to make a choice. If they insult you again, they have to now recognize your status as an equal. Yeah. If they're going to slap you again. Right? Yep. Or they've been shamed because you've neither cowered nor have you fought back. Right. Their evil is exposed. Right. And, and I'm not saying this spares you from a beating or something. Not at all. But what Jesus is illustrating is a way in which we respond to evil by exposing it and disarming it through creative, nonviolent, agape love. And it allows the, the, um, our oppressor to be exposed for the evil that they do. Does this make sense yeah. in any way, shape, or form so far? Like, this is super, super important. So the, the next example. If he wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. All right, no, you had two garments. Um, your shirt, which was your undergarment okay? And your cloak, which was your outer garment. Your outer garment for very poor people often doubled as your blanket and sleeping bag. Hmm. So in the Old Testament law, you were not allowed to keep, if, if somebody had pledged their cloak to you to guarantee a loan, you were not allowed to keep it overnight so they at least had something to keep them warm. So Jesus and Jesus is using hyperbole here, just like he's been using the whole time, right? If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, mm-hmm. right? He's illustrating a point, dude. Yes, yeah, turn the freaking cheek. <laughs> Absolutely. If they, if you're getting sued for your underwear, then give him your cloak too. Now, why? Because there were incredible Jewish taboos against being naked. And forcing someone to be naked. Yeah. You would, in offering your cloak, be shaming them. Right, and again, you're not. You can't think of shaming the way we think of shaming. What you're doing is you're communicating their aggressiveness and their oppression of you and their insult to you. You're you're drawing attention to that, not by fighting back and not by cowering, but rather by stepping aside and forcing them to uh, uh, treat you and admit that you are uh, you are a dignified adult. Right, right. You have dignity as a human person. And so to stand there naked, yes, would be humiliating to you, but it would humiliate the person suing you for your underwear more. Right. And the social pressure would be for the person to give you back both. Right? The, the third example, if, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Right? This is, again, this is the area of personal insult right? This is very well known. The Roman soldiers could conscript passersby. This happened when Jesus was being crucified, right? Some poor schmo on the road gets, you know, uh, named Simon gets conscripted to carry Jesus's cross. And so in this instance, what we've got is somebody who's, you know, they've got their kit and they can force uh, anybody else to walk a thousand steps, uh, roughly a mile. And um and the Jews hated this practice because it was degrading. Right? It was degrading. So what happens when somebody who is that ugly inside, um, that that they practice this as a form of degradation, looks at them with their chin up and says, No, I'll actually go another thousand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What what's just happened there? Right? Like the scales have been balanced. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these are, these are creative and they're brilliant in their creative, uh, the creative application of what Jesus means by non-resist. Okay. Resisting an evil person, which Jesus is banning is the law of reciprocity, right? Harm for harm, insult for insult. Right? He gives examples of what this means. What's it mean to like not resist? when um a, a military person conscripts me to carry their pack well i don't know wouldn't it be interesting if all of a sudden you just offered to do it twice right what would that do to them and again in an honor shame culture this does something this exerts pressure right or or, or or what about if someone backhands you and you turn the cheek and offer them the opportunity to hit you again as an equal yeah right
1: yeah it's all interesting you- i mean he's just you correct me if i'm wrong but each of these brings um both parties to a to a more equal table right without yes because confrontation because or, the
0: victim isn't passive
1: yeah exactly
0: the victim isn't passive
1: you're either the victim turns the open hand their as cheek. an equal right or um yep. the shame is brought in in
0: the second example to the courtroom but it's, yeah no, it's... Because you offer them your cloak. Yeah. You go the... I mean, you are active in this. Right. And so Jesus Jesus is just so freaking brilliant. Because think about... It, I mean, like here's a dumb way I've tried to practice this. All right? So I see... Because remember, we're dealing with personal insults. Right. We're not dealing with global war. We're not dealing with terrorism. We're not dealing with... Right? These are insults. So um I... In traffic, <laughs> this is the best example of where things can escalate, right? right? So the law of reciprocity in traffic is someone cuts me off, I cut them off. right? Someone does something stupid, I honk, I point, I show them they're number one, <laughs> um, you know, whatever. And so, so I've, I've done this, I've managed to do this a few times where I'll make a mistake driving and someone will be totally offended by it and they'll be yelling at me and flipping me off and yelling and so i will make sure i pull up next to them and roll down my window and you and you can just see right they're ready to go and i would just say you know and i have literally said this hey i'm so sorry i made a mistake back there i know it was upsetting it won't happen again you know please forgive me right and and i don't know It, it nothing happens there they just drive off or maybe they'll still yell stuff or whatever, but that it's less about what happens to them than more about what happens to me, right? That I want to become the kind of person who even when insulted doesn't have to insult back.
1: Well, I imagine even in that scenario, oftentimes it would be a, a diffusing, like that person's ready to rile, ready to take the Samson route for that example and show up at your doorstep with a jawbone at some point. But instead... Sometimes I think that you're expecting this violent response. You get something opposite of that, something that is uh, more in love, for lack of a better term. And then you kind of have to reconcile with that as you drive away, which can be a diffusing and kind of like a, I don't know. So I think that is a good example because I can make that other driver kind of sit, not with shame, but with the idea of like, why was I so mad? That's right. And so then right. they're reconciling through
0: that. Right. And I was genuinely wrong. Yeah. I mean, however, I, I may have not been malicious or even aware. Right. But, okay. And, and that doesn't, and, and again, it. we're dealing with small potatoes because that's what the passage deals with. Right. Right. Somebody says something about you, like a, a, f- a friend of mine um, practices something he calls rhetorical nonviolence. And it's the idea on social media that you don't have to respond to everything. And when you do respond with kindness, rather than harm for harm, tweet for tweet, post with post.
1: Yeah, well, that's a very um, relevant idea
0: right now. Yeah, I mean, this, (laughs) this, I mean, it's so, he's so freaking brilliant because, I mean, this is where we live and I feel justified just the way Samson did, because they did it first. right. Right? I mean, and that, I mean, Samson's comments as he goes through, well, this time I get to, well, because they did this, I was just doing to them what they did to me, right? That is the stuff of human discord and division. And Jesus steps in the middle of all of that. Now he's going to step into it positively next episode, right? He's going to say, listen, your love extends even to those who are outside of your kinship group. Mm. Because you had obligations to your to your kinship group. That was part of the law of reciprocity, right? Love those who love you. And then Jesus is going to be like, yeah, but if you love those who love you, don't even tax collectors do that. Come on, baby. <laughs> this is about harming those who harm you, right? And and again, we're dealing with insults. I, I know we can, what about this to, to, well, what about abuse? And what about, da, 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 da? okay, great. All great questions, not what this is dealing with. Right. This passage is not dealing with that. This passage is, is Jesus is inviting us. And this is so important to be free from the need to protect my honor. And if that isn't relevant, I, I got nothing else, right? I mean, this, it could not be more profoundly relevant to our world. To be free from the need to protect my honor because there are some commentators that that think um what will happen is if you offer the other cheek the crowd will intervene and shame the person that slapped it Mm -hmm. if you offer your cloak the crowd will intervene that you invite other people to defend your honor not you right oh my goodness I mean, just think about how marriages would be transformed (laughs) if I did not have to trade insult for insult, harsh statement for harsh statement. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what Jesus is doing, I mean, let's just put a little cap on it, (laughs) is while Moses limited revenge, right, that was that was the law in the Torah, Jesus taught. The abandonment of vengeance for personal insult and instead to react in creative ways that value your dignity as a human image bearer person and do not harm the other person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I mean there have been there have been times where and again, I do this so wrong. So these are the vast exceptions. But it's like there have been times when somebody is taking credit for something I, I've done or said, and I just want to go, "No, I was, I was that genius." Right. You know. And then there's just this, this Jesus voice that's like, mm, "Really?" Because what do I want to do there? I want to protect my honor. Yep. My reputation, my name. Somebody says something on social media, and oh my goodness, the insulting stuff. Right? And so there's a discipline cuz I'll throw out some inflammatory stuff every now and again on and 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 the comments that come back are wow. Sometimes they're incredibly personal and what I want to do is just flame back. Right. And so, you know, w- w- when you get the poor in spirit and the merciful and the peacemakers and the persecuted together, right? What do they like? yeah what, what kind of what kind of politics do they practice well they don't verbally manipulate each other right they they keep their they keep their their vows they make it safe for women to be among the community they deal with anger and contempt and they are working their hardest to forego reciprocity in both directions yeah because all i want to do is harm those who harm me yeah right?
1: So there's a, th- you know, Paul was- there's a go theme ahead. running still here with this whole thing. I'm, I'm just trying to keep the sausage link together as we go through each of these sections, but there has been so much on, um, being equals at the table, right? Getting mm-hmm. rid of objectification, um, mm-hmm. anger mm-hmm. to the yes, neighbor yes. and then all this. So, so yes. much of what he's doing so far has just been about like This new kingdom that he's establishing or building or setting up or whatever. So much of it is like, this is how we exist amongst each other as equals.
0: That's right. Oh, that's so good, bro. Yes. He's teaching us what it means to love your neighbor. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Shocking. And it's brutal. And it's brutal. And that's why it's much easier to settle for being a Christian. (laughs) You know, I, I believe the doctrinal statement (laughs) And I go to church and, you know, I need my inspirational self-improvement words. See, Jesus, Jesus is deconstructing the way we live and see ourselves and other people. Yeah, Right. I mean, it's, it's, if people really were, if we really thought people were image bearers, then how could I harm them in response to a personal insult? Right. How could I verbally manipulate them if I wouldn't want that done to me? How could I objectify them sexually, right? How could I hold them in contempt if they're created by, I mean, this is now I know it, it all sounds pie in the sky. I get it. And it doesn't answer all the questions about, well, self-defense and violence. And okay, that's great. But what if we just started here? Let's put all those big questions aside and let's just talk about the insult that comes later today on social media. How you respond to that. I think this is so great.
1: It'd be pie in the sky. If it was like, if he was like, this is how you change the nation. You, you know, and it was, but instead it's like, here's how you exist with your neighbor. Right. I think you can handle this. I think all of you can handle this. Uh, you know, it's not like a whole, like I'm flipping the whole culture upside down in one fell swoop. It's like all these great little, you know, he's making a, he's making a stew and he's bringing in all the different ingredients one at a time.
0: Oh, he's making, he's making Jesus stew.
1: Jesus stew.
0: And, and. Think about the people in our world who have taken this seriously and applied it way beyond personal insult, right? I mean, we make heroes of those people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Martin Luther King, obviously, I mean, the practice of nonviolence. So I'm not getting into that yet, right? That's not this passage yet, right? But he certainly extrapolated from this passage. Yeah. And the New Testament does too. I mean, the New Testament just blatantly says, you know, he suffered when he when he endured what he did on the cross as an example for those of us mm-hmm. we can't that's so far that no of course not we litigate we we get revenge we file for damages and i'm not saying there isn't a place for that stuff i'm just saying it doesn't start there it starts with how i treat my wife when she's had a rough day and she says some snarky comment and it triggers something in me and i just want to snark right back and then we're in these ruts right that you just immediately fall back into over and over she's and over burning again crops She's burning your crop. I'm grabbing a jawbone. No more
1: busting my chops. You're burning my crops. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> so that's the thing I love about Jesus. It's just like, so what if we, what if we as a political entity called the kingdom of God worked on being uninsultable? You know what I mean? Like, we just didn't have to always protect our honor. Right. Oh, I mean, so many of my just like real life on the ground relationships would be different.
1: Do you think that so, that MLK, Jesus. that example of like the Bloody Sunday march, them going across the bridge, it ended in violence. They came back and marched again, and the whole world no. kind of felt the shame of what happened on the, the first shame, march they and they it? A, it
0: was. It was exposed. It was exposed. The problem with social media, though, is our shame response is being deadened. Hmm. It's being numbed. So we don't have... Well the, well, the good part about social media is, like, like the reason George, George Floyd had the catalytic effect it did, one of the reasons, is because it was such a... Like, we saw it with our eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sitting... You're sitting there for eight minutes going, at this this is the most horrific thing i've seen the downside of it is that it, we're we see all of these murders and all of the suffering and our out our outrage we're just like our outrage meters are empty right you know um but i think gandhi and mlk um I mean and even on smaller levels i mean they're just incredible stories you look at a guy like shane Clairborne, um they're incredible stories of people who are doing peacemaking these very creative avenues and you know i don't think we have to be paralyzed with well what do i do when i'm in you know with i'm insulted and what's the creative way here to get back and shame somebody that's that's not loving them i mean the, what jesus is inviting is for me to lay down the need to protect my honor and allow the community to help do that. Yeah. Um what you know when 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 MLK when those pictures that even now are so disturbing it did do something absolutely but it wouldn't have done something had he been fighting back with clubs and knives and whatever else, right? I mean it it was like it was the non-resistance in the face of such evil, that was the the thing.
1: And then that second march is kind of almost like the turn the other cheek. Like going back over the bridge after the first one ended violently, that second march over the bridge shifted a cultural understanding and kind of brought his argument and brought that shame. He didn't have to even say it, you know what I mean? I'm trying to like look at some examples from at least recent history where this kind of like this kind of action had had a an effect that the that the society reacted to.
0: Well, there were revolutions in Eastern Europe right around the time the 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 wall right uh, in Berlin was torn down that were totally peaceful. Mm-hmm. There were just people on the streets singing and regimes fell. And uh, and I know obviously this raises a whole bunch of other questions about rioting and looting and whatever. Right. But, uh, but that's not what this is about. This is about practicing rhetorical nonviolence with your spouse, right? And the the, and even if that just means keep your mouth shut if you can't say anything nice, you know. I mean, that's but <laughs> there's a place for that, or or muting or blocking somebody instead of just firing off um, snarky replies. So anyway, Jesus again takes. Um, what was light and shows us how heavy it turns out to be, right? The, the law of reciprocity is easy. Right. (laughs) Eye for eye, done. Love those who love me, no problem. Right. Right. But man, to do this, ugh. I mean, literally you've got to be transformed. I mean, more and more into the likeness of Jesus to pull this stuff off. Yeah. Um, because that's just not at all natural, and so and, and just think about even what our world is based on. Our world, I mean, I love the Marvel comics, and this you know, I don't like the comics, but I the movies, and so much, of the, so much, so many of the movies I love are movies of the redemptive use of violence, yeah, right? Batman. What a boring movie! Somebody,
1: somebody shared a, a meme the other day, and it said, if Bruce Swain, uh, used his fortune to change the like socioeconomic policies or whatever in Gotham, he would have had an immense like effect on crime, but instead he went out and just beat up people <laughs> or something, something to that effect. And I was like, Oh, that's actually, that's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, reciprocity is easy. <laughs> so anyway, the, the way of the kingdom um uh works differently. And so we're going to see that in the positive sense of grace. Yeah. Right, Jesus is going to say, hey, reciprocities, just love those who love you. I tell you, love your enemies. Holy moly. So anyway, my friends, (laughs) I I love how you put it. I don't know. I think maybe it was last episode. You know, we are getting this over in small doses over weeks. They were hearing this and and you just, what you could not mistake. Okay. And, And let's end on this. You could not mistake. You you could not come away thinking this is some private morality that it, that deals with me going to heaven. Mm. You, this was all public. This was all communal. This was all relational. It was all social, and it was and it had every bit to do with the life and the guts and the blood and the dirt of human life. Yeah, there is no way you'd think, oh yeah, I need to accept Jesus in my heart. Mm. You would either, you would, you would be so profoundly compelled or repulsed by the vision of doing human life and the way that he presents that you would, you, you would, you could not have just a reaction was like, eh, he, I didn't really like the sermon today. Right. Yeah. It's very participatory. Like this was social. Yeah. This was social revolution, you know? And, um, and so there are many ways we can escape its obligations. One of those is thinking, ah, this is optional. One of those is thinking, now what, let's talk about war and nonviolence and self-defense. Nope, that's not it either. This is about, do you believe, um, that you do not have to respond when your honor is challenged and when you are insulted. And again, Jesus is advocating doormat. He's not uh, advocating victim. He's not saying stay in an abusive thing. That's not what he's doing at all. Right? The people, the examples he's giving are very active. Yeah. And uh, there's something to do in response to evil. Yeah. So anyway, bam. I do hope somebody's getting him a glass of water
1: because it's a lot. He's just kind of running straight through. Like we are getting that in weekly doses, (laughs) but man, he's just like... (laughs) wrecking house
0: (laughs) oh yeah i mean i guess that's the thing no one told me maybe they did i just didn't hear it but i don't remember hearing how unbelievably disruptive this thing is like there's no there's just no way to do human life as it naturally comes to us yeah and in any way take jesus seriously there's you just can't yeah
1: it's yeah, I mean, uh, the end of the story is ob- it really points to how obviously disruptive this was.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Ah, so anyway, I mean, we could just marvel at this all the time. But man, what a what a joy to be able to go through stuff like this with you guys. Hope it's helpful. Hope it's somewhat clear. Um, Love. I mean, we're getting tons of questions in. I don't know how we'll get to them all yet, but we see them and we read them. And I think to myself, that's a really good question. And they're all far too long for email. So I'm never, I I just cannot email back three pages of stuff. So I save them for future episodes, but then we we're always doing stuff. So I don't know how we're going to do it, Tim. We got to figure out a way because we got to, we got to push back on lying We've got some, um, oh, oh, Oh. and I don't know if anyone will still be listening, but doggone it, Timothy, I need to give a shout out um, to Joshua and Kelly, who joined our Patreon team. How fun is that? So thank you, Joshua and Kelly. And uh, our friend Brenda um, was completely generous to us and some stuff. And so uh, we are unbelievably privileged to get to do what we do. Yes. So that's all I got. Last words, Timothy? Nope. (laughs) It's a lot to sit with. All right, friends. (laughs) Till next time.
1: Thank you for listening to this conversation. The Vox Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com backslash You can also engage with the hosts on social media at facebook.com backslash podcast, on Instagram at voxpodcast, and on Twitter at Mike Erie. Thank you for walking this road with us.